Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Frank Ramsey, Cliff Hagen, Joey Devine, Jim Pollard, Inner Martin. Patreons, Mike Burton, thank you, Mike, Kevin Dina, thank you, Kevin, musical guest, Fishbone, now, temporary host of Soundball Rock, Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock Podcast, and we are back. He is back, America's Uncle Dad, back from the summit of Mount Everest, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I absolutely summited <laughs> Mount Everest. Uh-huh. You did not just go to base camp. Turn I didn't go to base camp. That's for losers. <laughs> you know what? You know, it was going to base camp was kind of hard, Joey. And uh, you know what? You know what? It, OK, so I didn't like having to say Everest base camp. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would say it really fast. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, we're about to go to Everest base camp. And it's. It it is really hard, and I kept explaining to the mainly to the other people on our trek, like mm-hmm. not really anyone who wasn't already on my side. And then the day after we got to Everest Base Camp, you know who else got there? Who? A ten year old girl. A ten year old girl <laughs> got there, Joey. 
And then a couple days later, a blind woman from Ireland. And the sub-headline was, I wasn't particularly into hiking before. So <laughs> so I really did something, Joey. That's what I'm saying. Um. Well, Sean, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little mad you didn't stay on Everest Base Camp because the Warriors have been playing well. And now that you're off of Mount Everest, I'm worried they're going to be bad. And it will be your I know, fault. I did... They actually, yeah, they, <laughs> since, since like, uh, yeah, the morning I was flying out of Qatar was game six against Memphis. Mm -hmm. And then they were killing it up to the point I went to base camp. And then I didn't get a lot of information about game four because I was going down the mountain. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, oh, that's not my, my friend had a like safety satellite feature. Because, you know, for safety and for communication and, you know, his wife was pregnant. Uh -huh. So, you know, and uh, mostly we were just getting updates from uh, Warriors fans who were just like, like, it, it, I think it's maybe limited data. So I remember we we cleared like one mountain pass near Farishay and his his device pinged and the, the message was just not good, bro. <laughs> so that that was game four uh but uh but they they held on they did it they they once again sucked away a closeout game to to help joe lakeup's tax bill mm -hmm. like the good employees that they are uh i was so mad about that by the way <laughs> oh them losing game four yeah because they should have won game four but they do that thing where they don't really take the team seriously they did it well they Memphis too and they then, do it to, to to earn that money for well, joey l no but and then what happened in early game five was steph curry rolled his ankle and what looked really really bad and Otto porter got hurt and i was like you uh -huh. fucking assholes yeah you were really mad <laughs> uh, well i mean they 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 failed to close out uh three separate times on the road to get that sweet, sweet luxury box money. Ooh, Sean, that wine cellar cash, baby. Mm, mm, Sean, mm. speaking of Joe Lacob. Yes. Uh, the Golden State Warriors owner. Uh -huh. uh, it really made me mad this week that he had a press conference along with the coaches and the players and the GMs. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he did. I thought today yeah. was media day. No, it was mo on Monday <laughs> oh. when the Warriors went into practice. They did their media sessions, and Joe Lacob sat in front of the fucking, you know, the media thing and bragged about uh -huh. Chase Center. Um, and my yeah. question for you was, how much do you hate that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I would say that while I understand when opposing fans don't like Draymond Green, he's very demonstrative. Plays pretty hard, uh, likes to rub it in your face. Joe Lacob is easily the second most hateable member of the Warriors organization. Like, I don't think it's really very close. Like, he implied that he had sex with the trophy. Uh, I mean, just look at him, for one. Um, like, wear a Warriors hat or something, dude. Mm -hmm. He did. doesn't he sort of seem like a child who's being dressed up all the time when you see him in public. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, he's not the most hateable member of the Warriors organization. I think we both know who that is, right? Uh, it's Mike Dunleavy Jr. It's Mike Dunleavy yes, Jr. Yeah. Yes, I mean, um, come on. 
Um, they look, they might break the curse of Mike Dunleavy Jr. Knock on wood. Uh, it's been nothing but misery since he was hired, but, uh, you never know. They like, that's how special this Warriors team might be. Joey, they can overcome Steph Curry's, uh, board ape profile photo. They can overcome Mike Dunleavy Jr. In the front office. They can, Overcome oh, Joe Lacob and his weird objectivist dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, and they can they can overcome I would say probably a good twenty percent of the Chase Center crowd. I'm not gonna hate on the entire crowd, uh-huh. but the ones close to the action, Guy Fieri is doing a lot of the work for you yeah, guys. Yeah. I gotta say, <laughs> he's just one man. Um, and he has to run Flavortown in his downtime. So step up. Here's guys, an, here's another cool Joe Lacob thing. Uh, he <laughs> leaked yesterday. And look, they're claiming, according to something called Logitix, is really who leaked this, but it's Joe Lacob <laughs> who sent this to everyone. Every mm-hmm. war, every uh, basketball Twitter people started bragging about how much tickets for the NBA Finals home games are. Do you want to know how much a ticket, the average ticket price for on the secondary market for the uh home games in the finals is Sean I mean it's got to be over a thousand dollars it's 1759 oh my god yeah um I mean the face on those is like 300 for like an average seat I think uh and let me read you a well cool, so a congratulations cool StubHub. <laughs> um <laughs> let me read you a cool Joe Lacob uh, quote from uh mm-hmm. his press conference um <laughs> The organization took some criticism from people that we should trade all our draft choices that we had to get one more great player or whatever. I was very adamant about it. So was Bob. That was not the path we are going down. We want to be great for a long time. So, you know, he's already taking a lap on the graves of Steph Curry and Draymond Green. and Clay well, He's also bragging about drafting James Wiseman. Like, I mean... Look, I mean, I, I maybe wait till you get to the finish line yeah. before bragging about your 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 you know Warriors the new class mm-hmm. spinoff. Um, uh, here's another one. Uh, I'm just as proud of Chase Center personally as I am of this team. I can't so you, even tell you how hard this was to get done. It took seven years. In this city, it's probably harder than any other city to do it. Every single night, I get chills when I walk into the arena. That's weird, because he's there a lot. Uh, yeah, he's there um, at least 41 times. Joey, can I suggest something? Yeah, yeah, what's up? So I've seen... A documentary about people that are um, sort of aroused by buildings and inanimate objects. Is that what's sure. going on uh, quote with Joe Lacob here? Documentary, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that like is that something that's going on? It's like the trophy, the Chase Center. That's what's like fueling his erotic receptors. Is that what's <laughs> happening with Joe Lacob right now? Because it's really weird to say he's prouder of a building than a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I guess that's, uh, you know, those uh, those people. Essentially, Joe Lacob believes that people are essentially just big bags of goo that you have to train. Mm-hmm. Whereas a building, that's something that he can understand. Yeah. You know, uh, 
Howard Rourke was an architect, right? Mm -hmm. The greatest fake profession in the world. (laughs) Oh, in a movie, if someone's an architect, they've got it all, Joey. Well, in his defense, Sean, Uh um, I should say, where is it? Um, (laughs) Here it is. Hey, one second here. Come on, people. You fans are the greatest fans in the world. That's everybody said that. Show a little bit of class. This is crazy. Seriously. Come on. You're doing yourself a disservice. All of the wonderful accolades being said to you for you to treat this man who is spending his money to do the best that he can to turn this franchise around, and I know he's going to do do it. it. (laughs) I got to use that clip today, Joey, because I wrote about uh, Rick Barry throwing Game 7 of the 1976 Conference Finals. Good plug, Sean. Where can we read that? Uh, You can read that on Golden State of Mind, which you should definitely read up until... Game, game four through four. game four of the finals. You can read it and then I'll let you know if it's there's not going to be a look as far as I'm concerned. There's not going to be anything on it after game four. If yeah. they don't, they don't take a, care of this there union. There might be a little strike going on. Um, I ain't no scab, Joey. While, uh, while we're plugging stuff, we should say uh, patreon.com slash yes. round pod is where you'll be able to hear our new podcast. Uh, we don't have a title for it yet, but yeah. it's about Netflix's The Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> uh, Sean, you watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. We're hoping to get a lawyer to also be <laughs> on the episode with us. Literally um, any lawyer. That will be up Monday and uh, every week until that show is over for us. <laughs> Wait, I was thinking we could call it Lincoln Din. But we don't need to. I don't like that one. Uh, we'll come up with something. Lincoln and Blinken and lawyer. No, nope, we're gonna come up with something. Um, Honest Abe, our greatest president, I the did lawyer. Say I thought it would be really funny if we did a dueling Michael Connolly podcast where I just watched <laughs> Bosch Legacy and you watched <laughs> the Lincoln Lawyer, and then we tried to talk about we we asked each other questions about each one, but. We're doing the Lincoln Lawyer instead. Uh, follow us on Twitter at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Well, at roundrockpod on Twitter. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Call us on the phone at the number in the description of the episode. We want to hear all your questions. And, Sean, we did something fun today. You know what we did? We had we our, our Boston Celtics friends on. and We our, did. And one of our Golden State Warriors friends on to talk about the finals. Uh, so here is that with, uh, Celtics fans, Josh Gondelman and Mike Malloy and Warriors fan, Emily Cam- Catalano. Um, it's funny and fun and we'll see you right after this. I believe in the four point line. I believe soup is the perfect food. I believe in a belly. I'm here with Josh Gondelman, everybody's favorite nice guy. Uh, you might know his work from, uh. The Make My Day podcast, or uh, Last Week Tonight, or Jesus and Marrow, everyone's favorite uh, late night talk show. It's not <laughs> that late anymore, but anyway, Josh, how are you? I'm good, man. Think, I mean, like, you know, the world is so bad, but uh, <laughs> the Celtics are going to the NBA Finals, which makes me feel 
so full of endorphins. I was walking through Brooklyn to have lunch with a friend today, and I saw like an older woman in a uh, a Boston sock, like baseball arm length, you know, sleeve length tee. And mm. I gave her a go socks, and she gave me a go socks in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I was just like flooded with endorphins, and then was embarrassed by like how easy it is to do that to my brain. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a uh, we I had you on cuz you're a one of the only good Celtics fans. Um and B uh we're <laughs> Warriors fans so I wanted to get some cuz I'm sure look, I tr- I hate the Warriors, but Sean loves the Warriors, so I'm trying to even it out a little bit. Um I mean, okay, I hate fair. them in that I love them so much I hate them. Um Yes, I understand that yeah, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> um so I wanted to ask you how did you feel about this team, the Boston Celtics, your team, going into the playoffs versus now? I felt good, and I still feel good, which is, I mean, I, I was at a, a little barbecue on a friend's roof uh, last night, and the Celtics were up 15 in the second quarter. And a friend of mine who's not a basketball fan was like, how are they doing? And I was like, they're up 15. And she goes, so does that make you feel at ease? And I immediately said, no, like it did not at all. But I feel like as good as I think it's possible to feel, which is like, I feel optimism without confidence. Sure. And I wanted to ask you, because there's two similar players, I think, um, Mm -hmm. on each team. Who do you think is harder to defend as like being a fan of them, Marcus Smart and his green hair, or Draymond Green and everything Draymond Green does. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're both tough. Yeah. Um, I feel it's it's interesting. It depends on who you're defending them to, because right. I feel like Marcus Smart. Other than I, I think you know there's the the play that Steph Curry got hurt on, which I think. Uh, upset Steve Kerr, Mm -hmm. despite, like, if he had a player doing the same thing, he would be like, that's a hustle play. Right. (laughs) So, but I think, like, but depending on who you're defending them to, because I think Marcus Smart, the the brief he gets is for, like, flopping and flopping adjacent Mm -hmm. plays, which are infuriating. And I think Draymond gets heat for, like, aggression and aggression adjacent plays, like, (laughs) kicking LeBron in the dick. And so I feel like they're kind of two complementary sides of the same Yeah, they're like a yin and yang, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think if they end up defending each other at any point in the series, they'll just, like, fuse into one guy and start playing against (laughs) both teams. Um... Uh, the funny thing, I'm glad you brought up that Marcus Smart play because the bigger problem with that Marcus Smart play as someone watching it live was not the falling on Steph Curry. It was that he then ran down and like literally jump kicked Clay Thompson like <laughs> seven seconds later. Um, and I think that's really what made Steve Kerr more mad. Like it was like, oh, my best players hurt. And also... This guy kicked my second best player 10 seconds later. Right, it was like he was going up for a layup, right, and his foot flailed out weird, which is, right, and that is, like, that's a non-standard way to do that. Like, we've all accepted that sometimes you take a three-pointer and you just kick your leg out to the side. That's that's basketball now. But a layup is A layup, right. That felt a little, a little, a little too spicy a take (laughs) going to the hoop. 
The but other- I love Marcus. I have a Marcus Smart jersey behind me in my my office at, at my job. I'm like a big Marcus Smart fan. I understand why people hate him, which only makes me love him more, which is, you know, when you hear not Heat fans necessarily just because he's so new to the city, but when you hear Raptors fans talk about Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and then you watch him for seven games doing just like, like scams, like he, he plays basketball like a like a flim flam man from a musical yeah. in the you know <laughs> like he's like the music man yeah. of like flopping and grifting fouls. He's like he's like someone who he's like the movie uh the grifters where yes. he's John Cusack but Chris Paul is Angelica Houston. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. But it's uh, incredible. Like I and I have I have so much appreciation because of how much I love Marcus Smart I think it gives me appreciation for people that play that on other teams even though personally I'm like I hate that they play like that because Mm -hmm. it does not benefit me and my basketball (laughs) enthusiasm um the other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh as a long time as a lifelong Boston Celtics fan Mm-hmm. Did you feel a little gross last night to see Jason Tatum, your team's best player, wearing a purple and gold armband with the number 24 on it? Yes, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, because my mean, reaction as a non-Boston fan was, oh, I think they need to trade him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like, sports, like, Boston sports radio, they were, like, cutting into the broadcast yeah. to be like, guys, we got to cut away from that. We, we don't want children to see this. <laughs> like, but it it was it did like make me I I felt like a little bit of like oh huh especially because of the Laker colors I think yeah. like that if it had been like a black twenty four armband well, yeah if he just written like, twenty four right. on his shoes yeah. Yeah. people would have totally. been like okay but it's like look this is a guy who's like grieving his deceased friend sure so like obviously I don't want to be like knock it off be sad on your own time but it was like i i was like viscerally like oh <laughs> like when i saw it it was like oh is that allowed like i think i thought i was like can he do that um like i really i've never seen something like that before not not just like across like a legendary rivalry, right. but I've never seen a player wear another, another team's, team's colors, colors yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a game, especially of this magnitude. <laughs> it was <And> so, super <laughs> weird. It was super weird, and and I I probably wasn't super weird for him to do. He was probably just like this this person meant so much to me was a personal hero and a mentor. So like I'm going to like kind of tap into this relationship as like a a place where I can go mentally sure. to, to compete and to like, think about this, this person's teaching and all I've learned from them. But like, again, as a fan, I, I, you know, nothing against Jason Tatum's decision-making, but I was just like, that, that's wrong. Like, yeah. it's, it's like when, when a parent sees like, uh, uh, just, you know, like something like, no, I, this is a, I can't make this analogy. It's, it's bad and gross, but like, it's, it's just like, it was one of those things that you see that you're just like, Oh, is this supposed to be happening? <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, I wanted to ask you about Brad Stevens. Yes. Is it strange that, uh, you're the child genius coach is now the child genius president? And does it feel a little bit like, uh, King Joffrey 
took over and now they're winning in Game of Thrones. Like, because it was a little King... bit of a coup, right? Like, it was. Yeah. It was a little. I mean, it felt like Ainge. I don't, it didn't feel like, and it wasn't portrayed as like they pushed Ainge out the door. It felt you know, a like little kind of, like they maybe did though. Kind but of, for, but yeah. I think the way it was portrayed was more like, Ainge was ready to go. Yeah. And so they like, and I think the other thing that people would bring up is like, Stevens didn't want to coach. It it seemed clear. And they had him under contract still right. for years. So to like, me, it was they like would they been... wanted to fire him, but they didn't want to keep, uh, they didn't want to pay someone who wasn't working for them. So they Correct. were like, uh, let's just promote him. <laughs> and it's weird how well that worked. Yeah. Right. Like, and it like, didn't, I mean, both, both, Ime Udoka as a coach and Brad Stevens as an executive in this one year of sample size, like super didn't work out until they super did, right? right? Yeah. Like Brad Stevens brought in Dennis Schroeder and mm-hmm. or Schroeder and um Josh Richardson and Ennis Freedom. Mm-hmm. And like they were not driving winning with this team. Yeah. And then they brought in Derek White, who's like Marcus Smart, but chill. Right. <laughs> like a calm Marcus Smart. <laughs> well, and also they traded two picks for him, which is something yes. Danny Ainge never would have done. Would never do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny Ainge famously, I mean, there were, you know, the reputation. He has like, Danny Ainge similarly has like Schrodinger's GM as a reputation where like, he's like this ruthless guy who will trade anyone at any time, but mm-hmm. also the guy who can never get the deal done, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a very weird but then a guy who used to like to brag about like how close he was on like yeah yeah like, yeah oh we we almost got Kevin Durant or whatever like uh, <laughs> I have some almost I mean I have some almost gripes about last night where I felt like so much of the conversation leaving the game was like wow the Celtics almost had a historic collapse and it's like cool the Heat can almost play in Game yeah. One of the finals then <laughs> it's like it's. It's like, is Jimmy Butler the winningest winner to ever win, or did he come up short with a chance to put the team ahead or to tie? Well, I and, and I think he's great. I think yeah. he's great, and I don't think that was a bad choice. I think he's like an excellent player, but like his reputation is like guy who only wins is like wins what? <laughs> Sorry, circling way back. So Brad Stevens made these trades, and then like all the stuff that it felt like Ime Udoka was not getting through to the team. As, as the trade deadline approached, like not, it wasn't just the trade, but like it all clicked. Like Jason Tatum started passing the ball, which Sean uh, had such a funny tweet yeah. about <laughs> that it was dishonoring the legacy to wear Kobe's number 24 <laughs> while passing out in key moments. It's funny uh, Sean really tweeted that because I was having the same, like, I've sort of stopped tweeting basketball jokes because I don't want to get yelled at by various it's so annoying oh um, <laughs> not that I not your tweeting but like yeah, yeah. people being like but actually that's and it's like shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> let something be a joke like i care about this one percent <laughs> um all right josh who who scares you the most on the warriors um going think, into this finals i think it's still gotta be staff yeah i i just feel like he's so good and so like there are other great offensive players like i think um obviously clay thompson has had some great games since he's come back jordan Poole, yeah. um even andrew wiggins has had you know some great offensive games in addition to like the defense that he played that's helped them get here but like i'm the most still the most scared of yeah. staff because it feels like it's the finals at any point he could just like hit three threes in 90 seconds and like swing a whole game yeah, as a Warrior fan, I would say 
the thing I'm most afraid of isn't even anyone on your team because I actually like your team. Like, if your team weren't the Boston Celtics, I sure. would enjoy everyone on it. But they're the yeah. Boston Celtics, so like, I understand. Uh, the 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 coronation of Jason Tatum after how much f- I made fun of how young he was for yeah. like years happening at the expense of the team I root for is like <laughs> literally my nightmare. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I understand that very much. I feel like that's, that is kind of how I feel about my personal Jimmy Butler slander where I was like, if they had lost last night, I would have been like, okay, Jimmy Butler was right. I was wrong. I, I, I'll eat some humble pie and drink some of his weird coffee. <laughs> I will say, I think Jimmy Butler is getting like unfairly maligned for taking that shot. Like I get he's a I bad yes. three point shooter, but yep. like, I think he looked around and was like, I don't think this team can play. We're so tired. Yes. I have to win it now or else we're going to lose I, this game. I don't think the shot was bad. Yeah. I think he played. I, I will say, though, I think he played. I'm so glad that he had, at, with given how the series turned out, I'm so glad he had an incredible game six. Yeah. Because now people can't be like, but Jimmy Butler was hurt and couldn't help. And it's yeah. like, no, he was, he he might have been hurt. And he played through it, like, really brilliantly. And I have to give it up, especially game six. And then in the, sec- the first half of game seven, it was like, oh, here we go again. He had, I think, 24 in the first half and then 11 in the second half and shot really badly. Yeah. And, and I think people are like, wow, Jimmy Butler played great games one and two and great games six and seven and came up short. And it's like, no, he played great games one and two, great game six, half of a great game seven. And, and like people are like, the 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 Celtics let, let go. And, and it's like Jimmy Butler, like as much as the Celtics – couldn't almost gave the game away which i fully admit yeah. it's like the heat almost gave game six away yeah. and then they then they did just they, enough to close uh, uh, in game six i was texting like oh no this is a nightmare because i just wanted a game seven it, yeah. like because i was like the warriors need the rest like they yep. and they need to play a tired team in game <laughs> yeah <one>. yeah yeah <laughs> um so i was just rooting for a game seven and then like, when it seemed like the Celtics were coming back, I was like, this is the worst possible outcome. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Celtics coming back yeah. from, like, a pretty decent deficit yeah. and, and winning in the last game. Where the Heat but just like, led by 12 the whole game, and then all yeah. of a sudden it was, like, a three-point game. Yeah. Which is similar to what happened yeah. last night, except I will say the one th- it happened later in the game, which makes it feel more dramatic. And the Celtics went ahead in game six. The Heat never led in game yeah. seven. So it's like the pe- people like the narrative coming out that it felt like, you know, on social media and everything of like, wow, that would have been a historic collapse. And it's like, yeah. And if they had if they had won the championship last year being the play-in team, it would have been a historic victory. Yeah, yeah. And lots of things didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So like, if, if the Warriors beat the Cavs in 2016, they'd be exactly. the greatest basketball team of all time. But they're yes. not. Um, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. They, they didn't cap off the 73-win the season yeah. with the championship. And it's like, yeah, lots of things didn't happen. And you can't define the team by what didn't happen. Right. Like, I think, you know, the Heat closed game six after like it looked dicey for a little while at the end the celtics closed game seven yeah uh after it looked dicey at the end and so like the people people just being like oh they could they almost they only barely beat the heat without tyler hero and it's like okay sure yeah fine let them have a heat culture trophy that they Mm -hmm. that they raise and put a banner up the crazy one the thing that was making me crazy about that series actually was like 
how every Celtics fan was like, we've won every quarter, but three of them. Yeah, it's like, that's, yeah, but that's you lost dork. the games. Yeah. It's dork behavior, especially because when the quarters they lost are like, like when you lose a quarter by, like 20, by 23 yeah. points, yeah. then you then you've created a deficit that's like, you know, if you if you lose yeah. yeah, if you lose three quarters by two points and then win one by ten, that's how you win the game. Mm-hmm. This isn't like we're not doing element. <laughs> this isn't a skins match. Like <laughs> it was. I mean, I think it was useful for context, right? Of being like the Celtics are playing well for stretches of these games; mm-hmm. they're not getting blown out. But it's not like a brag, right? It's not- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. It's like, hey, think about all the times I don't zip my balls in my zipper. And it's like, it's like not a brag. It's just like a, the context of they, they're they're not getting like having their doors blown off in losses wire to wire. Um, all right. So thank you for coming on, Josh. Thank the way I wanted me. to do this, I'm going to have several of my Celtics fan friends on. And also some of my Warrior fan friends. And the way we're going to do this is uh, you're going to make a prediction for the series. Okay. But it's going to be totally unbiased because I've sure. set up several – I've set up seven questions for you to answer. Okay. And that will decide who wins and what. Um, all right. My first question mm-hmm. is the uh, underground rapper question. Okay. Josh, who is better, Benzino, the man who stabbed Paul God Pierce – damn it. Or Mac Dre, the man who invented the fizz face. I look. I don't know much about Mac Dre. He's a little outside my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I can't pick Benzino for basically <laughs> anything. So we're going Mac Dre. All right. So that is uh, Warriors up by one in this series. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's a better invention? Uh, the television or the telephone? Television or telephone? Yeah. I'm going to go telephone. That's Boston ties it up 1-1. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to tell uh, Showtime, and they're going to have you fired for not loving <laughs> Everybody watches this show on their telephone. <laughs> so I think I went through a loophole. Yeah, they're going to put me on a, an AT&T, yeah. some kind of AT&T show. All right. New edition, the, the, the classic yes. Bobby, you know, uh, versus Tony, Tony, Tony. New edition. Yeah, that's that's an. I mean, like Tony, Tony, Tony is a great band, but but it, new edition, but exactly. Yeah. Alzheimer's. Um, all right. Tom Hanks versus Kurt Russell. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I thought it was maybe my toughest one. Frankly. This this might be the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, look, so they both have a lot going for them. Like Tom Hanks won an Oscar for Forrest Gump, but Kurt mm-hmm. Russell never played Forrest Gump. So yeah. that's like a point for both of them. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Hanks by a hair. Alright. Tied it up. Uh that's fair. two two. All right. Uh the Boston Strangler versus the Zodiac Killer. Ah shoot, that's tough. I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's tough to have have a favorite serial killer. I feel like that yeah, gets yeah. you on some sort of list. <laughs> But the Zodiac Killer for sure had a better movie made about mm-hmm. him. It's is there even a Boston Strangler movie? Look, there's a movie about everything else that's ever happened in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, after this podcast, Mark Wahlberg will sign on to produce yeah. a movie called Strangler. Yeah. yeah, and Peter Berg is going to direct. Um, yeah. All right, clam chowder in a regular bowl or in a sourdough bread bowl? Fuck. 
when you said sourdough that yeah. like <laughs> i think i love a bread bowl man i'm like oh. i know we didn't even get to question seven because the Warriors the and State six Warriors have won in six games. Wait, according to Josh you gotta Donovan. give me, <laughs> you gotta give me question seven because I have real firm well, thoughts about it. I will give you the example question I gave you, which is "Jump Around" by House of Pain versus "You Can't Touch This" by MC Hammer. That you have so a lot to jump, say about. Jump Around beats "You Can't Touch This." However. House of Pain, Boston does not claim, I mean, that's not true. Many people in Boston do claim House of Pain, mm-hmm. but they're from Los Angeles. So <laughs> it is, it's still, the self, the Larry Bird jerseys are stolen valor. I believe this so strongly. It is a soapbox. I am uh, a coward. I will, this is a stance that I will take. Like, I'll yell at people about it. House of Pain, not from Boston. I will not claim them. But Jump Around is still better than, you can't touch this. I mean. Jump Around, if you play Jump Around at any sporting event, mm-hmm. the it is like um, it's like Popeye eating his spinach for like white people mm-hmm. age twenty five and up, right? And that's why I choose you can't touch this because those are the <laughs> worst segments. It is of worst. People. And it's then the worst. I'm in it, and I'm in and it. Me too. It's a bad. I'm not saying what it does is good. I'm just saying it's so powerful. It's like, you know, it's like saying, like, nuclear power versus, yeah. like, one, uh, you know, a few solar panels. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having uh, me. This I was hope so much it's a fun. great series. Me too. Um, that's all I'm rooting for. And also, I'm rooting for Steph Curry to finally win a finals MVP. Because if I have to hear people talk about that anymore, I'm going to walk into the ocean. God, um, if I'm, I'm like, <laughs> all I want, all I want. I mean, all, I really want the Celtics to win, but like the my my heart outcome, like that I hope for, is that Marcus Smart plays so well that people, even the haters, are like, that is the defensive yeah. player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he dyes his hair not green because it's a little. It, it is fading yeah. fast. <laughs> <laughs> he needs it touched up in some way. Like I would say getting your shot blocked from behind by Drew Holiday while also having green hair made that so much worse. Um, it's tough. It was a very yeah. pop punk moment. Yeah. Um, my um I, this is this is the level. I just want to get this on the record before it's not relevant anymore, which it already isn't because it never was. My my wife Maris, my inter- my wedding anniversary is last week, 5 years. Congrats. Uh, my, thank you. My wife who's the best got me these beautiful pair uh, this beautiful pair of LeBron nine retro lows and I was like getting dressed to go out to this barbecue last night and I went to put them on and then I was like this is the 10 year anniversary of like LeBron taking the heat past the Celtics mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference Finals and then I took the shoes off and was like this is bad Celtics heat <laughs> karma and I apologized to my wife and I was like I'm sorry my brain thinks this matters <laughs> but I truly can't yeah, do this I uh it was game 5 or no game four, no it was game 5 of Memphis where I didn't wear a Warriors shirt I wore an Oakland A's shirt and they got yep. blown out by 50 and I was like yep. it's my fault this yes, is my fault. Yes. Yeah. It is. I like truly. I can't. just wore a Warriors hat. I did not also wear a Warriors t-shirt. There it is. And they lost. I, That's my fault. I got yeah. a, um, I have like vaguely Celtics adjacent shirt that I wore. God, I was on the train coming back from Boston for maybe it was game one of the Nets series. And I was, I, I was like this, I, I, they won and I like clock or no, sorry. I, yes, it was game one of the Nets series. And I got home and watched at home wearing this t-shirt that I had worn on the train and was like, I've got to clock it. This t-shirt matters.
<laughs> I'll save it. I'll save it for an important game. Well, you better you better wear that shirt now. Um, game, game one, one. It's, yeah. it's back on. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Josh. Where Thank can you. our listeners find you? I am um, at Josh Gondelman on Twitter and Instagram. I have a stand-up special called People Pleaser that comes out soon. They haven't announced the specific date yet. I think that I think that will announce very soon. But that'll that's coming out on all the platforms um, in within the next excuse me within the next month or so. And um, I have a book called Nice Try. And that's yeah, that's most of it. And watch Jesus and Marrow on Showtime yep. Thursdays at eleven. All right, uh, you know we had to do it to them. Uh, <laughs> it's the, it's the it's uh we're here with um the guest who's i think been our on our show the most uh, is that how is yeah. that possible there was a point when we had you on like every month mike before i guess that the is world true ended uh, yeah i guess yeah. i haven't gotten any busier you guys just stopped asking me what happened we kind of, well we started recording at like 1 a.m oh day. yeah uh, we're so we, we're monsters yeah, that's we, really yeah. so no one else of, is allowed in our lives we kind except of other day asking, walkers yeah, we kind of stopped asking anyone to be on the show um that's right that voice you heard uh first off you can watch him on comedy central starting today so you should do uh. that uh, he's the host of Faded Comedy. Uh, we had Josh Gondelman on earlier. He's a positive uh, Celtics fan. <laughs> I felt like we needed to get a negative, the most negative Celtics fans uh, take. That's Mike, comedian, writer, Mike Malloy is here. Mike, how are I you? feel like I'm not that negative a Celtics fan. I feel like I've been pretty level-headed throughout this playoffs, even when there was, you know, when we were down and everybody was saying blow it up or that we were done i was uh i was hanging in the pocket saying things will be fine right i think mike has more chaotic yeah yeah that that would be fair yeah yeah Yeah. where (laughs) i'm gondelman's like a mage yeah you're more like you're a lot more likely to uh tweet about how you want to beat up max Struess's mom or whatever Um, (laughs) not his mom give me some credit So, Mike, the first thing I wanted to ask you is how did you enjoy the Eastern Conference Finals with the Celtics? I I hated it. (laughs) I hated every goddamn minute of it. Even the times when we were up, it never felt fucking comfortable. It felt like it could all crumble at any minute. Every it, it was terrible. It was horrible. And now I've signed up for another two weeks of it. Why do I do this to myself? It's not really fun. It's it's, not fun. I'm having the worst time. (laughs) But like during the games, um, I I tracked myself during one of the games uh, when the Warriors were playing the Cavaliers. I walked 2.4 miles in my living room during a game. And the Warriors were sweeping at the time. And I was still, what's wrong with me? By the way, I watched that game seven from a Qatar Airways lounge uh, and illegally streaming the game because it somehow it didn't make it onto uh, Doha television. But the the error messages I would get when it would when it would shut down an illegal stream were so threatening. Like I was like, oh, this is it was like this is prohibited in the state of Qatar. Violators will be dealt with. And I was kind of like, at least I'm flying out of here in three hours i don't think they can track me down 
and imprison me yet. But yeah, you know how airports are so loosey goosey about detaining people. They've never just grabbed somebody on speculation. They're uh, there's a whole there's a whole process. They'd have to, you know, they'd probably need four hours to throw you in jail yeah. for forever. <laughs> Yeah, especially airports flying from the Middle East to America. Oh, Not yeah. At all. Oh, I like, mean, it's really like security. The World Cup's <laughs> going to be really fun, guys. And they're definitely not still building really crucial buildings right now. <laughs> I thought it already happened. I genuinely <laughs> give that little of a fuck about soccer that I thought the Qatar one already happened. And I figured the city was in ruins already. Apparently not. Um, yeah, it's at Thanksgiving because it's it's very it's very warm there. Some people don't know that about uh, the Middle East. That it's warm. Oh, yeah. It's a little warm. <laughs> yeah, it does that from time to time during the summer and also the spring and the fall. All right, Mike. So another question I wanted to ask you about the Celtics is who's your current favorite player? I love them all. I mean, Tatum's obviously the best one uh Jalen's fantastic in his own right I love smart for the things he does I love Robert Williams I love Grant Williams I love fucking Peyton Pritchard uh Derek White frustrates me quite a bit on the offensive end but it's fantastic on the defensive end uh that's pretty much Al Horford obviously fucking great love him there's not many guys on the Celtics I don't love uh, yeah, his freedom is no longer there. So yeah, Joey, well, can yeah. you tell Mike your vibes theory about the Celtics acquisitions this year? I don't even remember what it was. What's my vibes theory about that? Well, it was, it was, it was <laughs> Dallas and, and Boston had the best moves at the deadline because of the incredible vibes moves they made. Oh, yeah. Schroeder and freedom oh, right. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with Dallas, like riding, riding, not even the players they acquired, but just the yeah. lack of Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, that's why launched them to the good. conference yeah. finals. <laughs> it's like a, it's a really good season for uh, good juju in the league. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no more anus freedom. He's been ejected to the CIA. So that's, uh, -huh. uh that's. Yeah, he's gone full blown <laughs> fucking off the deep end, getting taken pictures. It's like, I think if he gets a big picture with one more war criminal, he'll get a free trip to fucking Bolivia. <laughs> to, well, to Epstein's Island. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you do you have a least favorite player on the Celtics? I guess it's Derek White. That's what you hinted at. Oh, uh, and I mean, I don't even dislike him. It's just that, like I said, on the offensive end, it seems like he's uh, never played it before. It seems like he's never played offense before, <laughs> which is very confusing. As far as a least favorite, I really don't have a least favorite. As soon as they got Ennis out of there and fucking Schroeder out of there, those are the only guys fucking holding us back. Let me even look at the roster to see if I can think of somebody yeah, that is like. Is there a bench guy you don't like? No, <laughs> I like them all. Smith. Uh, Lee Smith, I like. He's he had a couple of fucking big blocks. Fucking, uh, I really like all these fucking players. I have no complaints about anybody. So does that mean that um, Brad Stevens is officially a child genius again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many NBA, how many conference finals has he either coached a team to or, or been the executive of? Like, 
Well, it's it's kind of great that like I could see how he might not be as inspiring as a head coach, but being a GM, like look at his face. He's yeah. a born GM. Like he's <laughs> a smart basketball guy who's kind of a nerd. And so give him the nerd job and get a badass coach. Yeah, get a guy who's actually played in the NBA to fucking do the X's and O's and like just put the pieces in place. Uh, I fucking love it. And I love, you know, everybody fucking gave Danny Ainge shit about the way that he drafted. But all these guys on the team are guys that they drafted, except for Horford, pretty much. Well, and Derek White. And, De- and Derek White, yeah. Because but I mean, now. Danny, let's be honest. Danny Ainge never would have traded two picks for Derek White. That is sort of the difference here. I mean, he traded two picks for fucking um, Fournier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it, it was like a similar move, like, a you know, two mid-tier guys. White wasn't, I don't think, super coveted. I think the funniest thing about it, too, is that uh, the Celtics made that trade for Derek White and the Spurs tried to tank, and then they still finished ahead of the Lakers anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That has to make it a little sweeter. Oh, that's something I wanted to ask you, Mike. Uh, was it weird for you that Jason Tatum was wearing like a Lakers armband? Uh, no, I mean, all these the kids like Kobe. I get it. I kind of wish he wouldn't, but he also he's going to. So fucking whatever. I don't. Yeah, you're kind of you kind of have to not. Like, he's going to keep doing this forever. Yeah, I can't, him texting Kobe's number before game seven. It's just sort of like this is going to just keep happening while he's in the league. Yeah, that felt a little weird and performative, but I mean, it's being 24, I guess. See, my problem with it sort of was uh, the fact that it was the Lakers colors, like write 24 on your shoes or whatever. Yeah, sure. To see a Celtic wearing purple and gold. It it is seven of the finals. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of it now. Well, and then he started passing, just slapping. Yeah, which you might as well have spit on Kobe's grave, (laughs) passing the ball to his teammates. Uh, How scary was the end of game seven for you? Uh, very, very. I thought, like I said, even when we were up 20, like I was ready to fucking choke Jason Concepcion because he's like, oh, the Celtics have it in the bag. I was like, I will hang you off the bathroom right now. <laughs> Don't say that shit in front of me. That's exactly how this shit goes fucking haywire. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, people give shit about, about Jimmy taking that shot. It was the right shot. It's a good shot. Yep. I know, I know his three-point percentage is fairly low, but his percentage on that shot in that moment is 50 50 and it, you might as well fucking roll the dice. Well, especially if he played overtime, he was going to literally die on the court. Yeah. And he got you. You wouldn't have been there if not for him. So if he fucking feels in that moment that he deserves to take that shot, he's probably right. All right, Mike, it's time to talk about your opponents. Um, Hate them. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> There's weirdly like a lack of uh, guys who have really played for both teams recently. It's like yeah. Brad Wanamaker. That's kind of it. Yeah, he's fucking terrible. Yeah, I guess well, there was a brief M- Mike Michael Pietris era. There was a Pietris, brief Pietris yeah. era. Um, Eric Williams. Didn't we pass him around? 
Uh, the Celtics so briefly had Patrick O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, we um, did. <laughs> Jerry Welsh. Jerry Welsh. Was Jerry Welsh. Yeah. Guy. But that's it's not a lot is what I'm saying. Well, not a whole lot of crossover now. Well, I mean, there's... oh, David Lee, David Lee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. David we did have him for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Stockbroker extraordinaire. Uh, is a, he? a job he yeah. got He's a completely legitimately. Now. It was not salary cap manipulation <laughs> by his stockbroker owner on the Warriors at all. Uh, um, well, there's the the Robert Parrish, uh, Kevin McHale uh, issue there. And uh, <laughs> Bill Russell was drafted by the Warriors, was he not? Uh, I think he was a regional pick to the Celtics. Wait, how was that possible? I don't no, know. He that was, sounds uh, definitely Celtics, wrong Celtics now that I said that out loud. <laughs> um, I think, well, I don't know. Let's well, see. Sean, why, why don't you look that up while I I'll look that up. You keep talking. Which yeah. Golden State Warrior do you hate the most, Mike? Uh, Draymond. Everybody hates Draymond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was selected by the St. Louis Hawks. Okay. He was a regional pick to the Hawks because they were the westernmost team. Yeah. Because they were 1,800 miles away from San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Draymond. Um, and I don't think there's even a close second. Who scares you the most? Steph. Is it Steph? Yeah. Yeah. Clark. I mean, Steph's a little fucking freak and, like, can just <laughs> catch fire at any minute. And, like, that is something that we've had trouble with is – defending the three in certain games. So if Steph gets hot and you're not in his fucking shit and you're not uh, keeping your hands off him because he's going to get calls, so you can't fucking touch him. Uh, So if they're not doing those things, they can get behind really quick, and that's always a problem for them. All right, and finally, are you prepared to do battle with, uh, like, a 100,000 uh, libertarians and tech bros for tweeting uh, things this year? Oh, I mean, yes. is, that not, is that not every day of my life? <laughs> is that not ever? I make fun of Elon Musk and crypto and fucking uh, all that shit. Like, those nerds are at my neck every day anyways what's fucking what's tomorrow gonna be different i think the warriors the warriors and mavericks were the two most crypto teams in the league facing off yeah is that 100 yeah yeah because spencer did dinwiddie's like captain crypto but like the isn't he getting paid in crypto and it's worth like it's he like owes money on his contract now yeah (laughs) he made some terrible decisions with dinwiddie coin yeah Uh, (laughs) well because he like he uh he gets paid in the fucking coins, but he gets taxed as cat, like as salary. Yeah. So he like, Oh, I think they said he like, basically there's like, was a chance that he might owe money at the end of the year. Yeah. Cause uh, that's what happens when you want to be paid in counterfeit fake money. Yeah. You, oh, you, you want to be some problems. Pictures of chimps. <laughs> what a savvy businessman you are. <laughs> Oh, can I ask you a question? No. Oh, hell, I'm, thro- I'm throwing it in there anyway. Um, Go ahead. Well, yeah. Have you noticed Steph Curry's uh, end of game celebrations during the playoffs? I haven't particularly. They, he's constantly doing a move where he puts his hands together like this, like nighty night. And then he literally yeah. said night night. 
to night, the night. Dallas Mavericks while shooting a three. I feel like it's day. one of the least intimidating things yeah. that's ever happened in sports. That I like, mean, Steph Curry is, is incredibly corny. I mean, he's like, <laughs> I mean, he likes God, doesn't he? Like, he's a real oh, god. Oh, he really god likes guy. God. <laughs> and like those guys historically are fucking dweebs. Steph's a dweeb. Mm. He's really good at basketball, though. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hate him. All right. Not as much as Trey. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to ask you, who do you hate the least on the Golden State Warriors? Clay. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Who who dislikes Clay? The problem, the problem with that, this question with the Warriors is like Draymond's the most hated person in the league. Yeah. And then and Clay the is like popular, a beam yeah, of yeah. light. Like Clay is just like there's nothing he does wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I can't think of a single thing that he's ever done or said that was like you fucking little loser. <laughs> All right, now it's time for you to pick the winner of the series. The way we Celtics. Do this. No, you don't get it's Boston Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask you a series of either or questions. Uh, you have to pick one, and that will determine who won that game. So for game one. And I want you to answer these honestly, Mike. Don't cheat and just pick the Celtics answer every time. But all right, I which won't. which band do you Celtics? Prefer? Who's who's better, Aerosmith? Celtics. Or... <laughs> who's better, Aerosmith or Huey Lewis in the news? Oh, Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, yeah. All right. Aerosmith so... fucking sucks. <laughs> so Golden State Steven Tyler, stop one. buying fourteen-year-old wives. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> Stop right. buying 14-year-old wives and then leaving your daughter's life until she gets famous, you fucking loser. Don't let her believe Todd Rundgren's her dad. That's oh, the yeah. weirdest possible fake dad. Oh, you didn't have time to raise Liv Tyler? What were you busy with? Your handkerchiefs? <laughs> uh, all right. Which uh, invention has uh, do you prefer? <laughs> Disposable razors or blue jeans? Uh, I don't like jeans, so I'll go with oh, razors. Boston ties it up 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, the burrito as we know it or the lobster roll? So I am not a big seafood guy. However, the vessel of the lobster roll, the New England style hot dog bun, mm. is so much superior to anything out here. That I have to give it to the lobster right, roll. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I love it. Um, can you get a, a good lobster roll in Los Angeles? I can't. I can't find any place that has the right buns. The, yeah, the here. buns are so hard to find. That's the yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. it's just you could a place could make them. It's not hard to make. Yeah. They even sell like trays that are like specifically are for that kind of bun. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So that Boston leads two to one. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Edward Norton or Sam Rockwell. Uh, Edward Norton. Oh, Boston goes up three one. Is he, wait, is he from Boston? Yeah, his fa- his grandfather invented the mini mall. Really? All right. You uh, know what doesn't age hasn't aged very well, Joey? What? Uh, his performance in the movie The Score. Oh, yeah, no, it has not. You're correct. Oh, he's not from Boston. He was raised in fucking Maryland. I'm just telling you, man. He was born in Boston. That doesn't uh, count. <laughs> all right. Uh, the town or the rock? 
the rock yeah obviously i mean that one's that one's sort of a, a gimme i feel like all right so, <laughs> uh, so that's a uh, three to two boston leads can they close crucial out crucial game six can they close <laughs> out at home can they close out close out with baked beans or rice aroni <laughs> Ah, uh, both of them suck. <laughs> I'll give it to Rice Aroni just because baked beans. I don't like baked beans. Joey, how much have you eaten Rice Aroni in your life in very the Bay little, Area? Very little. I, I think I've had it like Maybe once. Twice. Um, all right. And then finally, <laughs> it comes to our game seven question. This is the only one. Uh, game seven only has one question, oh. and it's Mike. Which is better, the first half of the social network or the second half of the social network? <laughs> uh, the first half. All right, Boston wins in game yeah. seven. Yeah. Wow, let's Ford. go. We pulled it out. That was the, that was quite close. a roller coaster. That was pretty close. I, don't, I hope that I hope the series isn't this stressful. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get to ask you when you think of Dennis Eckersley, do you think of him as a starter or a closer? Because that is another one of the questions. Oh, 100 percent right. a closer. I'm, I'm, I'm not that old, though. Like old yeah. people know him as a starter. Mike, I just think of him as the handsomest son of a bitch that's ever played Major League Baseball. Yeah. I just know him most more as the guy that was slurring on uh, fucking color commentary <laughs> on Nesson. <laughs> All right, Mike, that's uh thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. Tell our listeners it. where they can uh, <laughs> find you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so MikeMalloy.com will have all my dates and stuff. I am recording an album down in Austin in July. So do check that out. I'm going to be on the road in Providence, in Portland and in Denver. So check out those dates. I run Faded Comedy out here in Los Angeles every Friday uh, and Faded Happy Hour, which is a live stream every Wednesday. And yeah, go check out my Comedy Central shit that just dropped today. Uh, it's on their YouTube channel, so you don't need a subscription or anything. It's uh, just uh, you click the thing and you watch it and you like it. Thanks. And go like Celtics. It. You're the best. And we'll have you on some more. I promise. Uh, Thanks, Hans. It was great talking to you. All right. Oh, and finally, one last question for you, Mike. Oh yeah. Since seeing as there's no more TNT games, um. What do you How am I going to find out when Animal Kingdom comes <laughs> back? That's going to be my exact question. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. It's what will I do without the last season of Animal Kingdom? Uh, I can't wait to find out who who the characters on the show are. I have yeah. no idea. What's going to happen? Is, is that at guy any point in the run. Or is he going to murder a woman? What is going on? All right. I think from, both. I from think what both. I understand, they do MMA on jet skis <laughs> on that show. That's, Sounds right. They get they get tribal tattoos, and then the brothers do MMA on their jet skis. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, All right. Bye. We're here with comedian and Warriors fan, Emily Catalano. How are you, Emily? I'm great. I'm excited. Yeah, are you You sound excited. Are you stoked? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I sound like when I'm excited. <laughs> I say I'm excited a lot. <laughs> uh, so the first question I want to ask you as a Warriors fan, did you expect them to be this good this year? No. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
mostly I just didn't want to get my heart broken. So I like, you know, I tempered my expectations a little bit. Uh, but now, yeah, I'm going to get my heart broken if they lose. Yeah, I uh, have been saying this, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle a team that I root for losing to the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Yeah, that's that is tough. Um, I don't hate the Celtics. I never have. I've always been like a fan of the Celtics because my family is actually from Boston. My parents. Wow. So, so are you having um, domestic troubles with this? Vinyl, no, no, no. The no. They're actually, right. <laughs> they're Warriors fans because they didn't really like grow up watching basketball. They're yeah. more like Red Sox fans, but. Um, so we're all Warriors fans, but it's like we always have like kind of a soft spot for Boston sports. Yeah, my family is like that with uh, Milwaukee teams because mm-hmm. my parents lived in Madison for four years. And um, periodically, my father will remember that he's a fan of the University of Wisconsin or the Bucks <laughs> if they're good. Yeah, exactly. That's like a- Although I think they've completely, I think my family's completely turned on Aaron Rodgers now, unfortunately. I but, see that. Yeah, we don't have to happen. talk about Aaron Rodgers, though. Um, so, Emily, how did you, when did you become a Warriors fan? Um, like I said, like my parents didn't really watch basketball, so I kind of discovered basketball like, I was like, in my 20s I think so it was like right after Curry got drafted and everybody was like talking about him and I was like I gotta check this out yeah and then I You're just like started... there's a fetus who shoots threes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and honestly it was just Curry like yeah. I was like oh this is like really fun to watch and then I was like I'm gonna be a fan well congratulations on not having to deal with the pre-Steph Curry Warriors uh, yeah it was cool. really rough they were occasionally very entertaining, and I will say, if a team is going to be bad, a team that scores 120 points and gives up 130 points is the kind yeah, of team yeah. you want to watch. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, Emily, who is your current favorite warrior other than Steph Curry? I don't think he counts because, of course, he's everyone's favorite warrior. Mm. Is there anybody you've really fallen in love with this year? This year, I mean, I'm just excited about Clay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we're the same without him. So, but I am excited. Like, I didn't know how Draymond was going to be, but I feel like he's kind of like really the one who's like kind of got us to this point. Like, because mm-hmm. um, it was like we were like really hurting without him. Right. And so I think he never really gets like the credit because. Steph and Clay always get the credit, but I think um, that we just like showed how much we need them this year. And yeah. I think it's a funny thing where like weirdly it was so painful for the season, but like Draymond and Steph being injured, I think actually really helped the Warriors because like Kevon Looney and uh, Jordan Poole really got to like learn how to play like 40 minutes a game each and it's like weirdly helping them now I feel oh like. for sure yeah I think our regular season was perfect like I think <laughs> everybody you know got the rest they needed everybody got the experience they needed and it's like all leading up to this 
Yeah, just letting Draymond spend three months just kind of lifting weights and podcasting is mm-hmm. actually an amazing recipe for postseason success. Yeah. And I mean, fair. he might love podcasting more than basketball now, but he I think he can keep it going for two more weeks. Basketball. Yeah. Anyway, Do you listen I, to his podcast? I've heard clips. I, I wouldn't clips, subscribe yeah. to an athlete's <laughs> podcast. Uh, it actually <laughs> seems like one of the sadder things an athlete can do because dunking a basketball is basically the greatest thing a human being can do. Mm-hmm. And doing a podcast is not yeah, one of the was, greatest things a human being could do. <laughs> Emily, I actually wore uh, people said I was crazy. I haven't got the pictures back from this, unfortunately, but when I uh, got to Everest base camp last week, mm-hmm. I took off my jacket and put on, a Clay Thompson jersey to, nice. to take pictures. And people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's really cold. Please put your puffy jacket back oh, on. I will take at yeah. most three pictures. Get out of here. Uh, so I think that's going to really like make us win, though. I think it'll I think it'll inspire him. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. also it involved hiking, which is one of his favorite things. Mm-hmm. He, does, he does love to hike. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, who's your least favorite warrior this year, Emily? Who really bums you out when they're on the court? I mean, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this question before the podcast. I'm like, I feel like that's the only answer. Uh, And I don't even dislike him. Like, I think he has a useful purpose, but uh, boy, does he fall down a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like more than you almost think like, should he be checked for Huntington's disease? Because he's <laughs> falling constantly. Yeah, and it's not like I hate him. It's just like out of everybody, he's like I don't want to see him on the court. It's just he like, hasn't. Go I, ahead. I actually really like him, and I've defended him a lot. But there's a certain <laughs> point where it's like, why are you like lowering your own ceiling here? Like. Put Moses Moody in and maybe you get free 12 points or he's bad and you just put Damian Lee in. Like, who cares? Like, it just seems like such yeah. a weird choice. Always. Well, Joey, not to talk about Nepal again, but there was one day when we had to leave it like we had to leave it like <laughs> you climbed to the highest mountain in the world. <laughs> but well, so the games were on at 645 a.m., but we would actually start trekking before that sometimes so one day and i'm a maniac so i'm trying to follow the scores from the side of mount everest and so we hike for like an hour we watch the sunset sorry the sunrise over uh all this this beautiful peak and then like an hour into the hike my phone finally buzzes because i get cell data again and it's a text from joey that just says so much damian lee uh-huh. Oh no! Yeah, that was <laughs> that was really hard to watch because he was just like he was playing so bad too, and yeah. usually he's like fine, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it was, was he was playing really bad, really bad, Sean. You can't. This was imagine. game two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it might have been game four, three. Yeah, it's game three or game four either one it, yeah. he was not good i was uh, definitely leaving teng boche so i could look that up yeah so there's not like, a bruce boche in uh nepal by the way there should be though oh, God. i think they put moody in 
in the second half because Lee was doing yeah. so poorly. Right? So oh yeah, I think I think it had like to be yeah, and and then Moody played like the whole fourth quarter. I kept well, looking yeah, at the great. box score and just being like, "Is Jordan, is Jordan Poole hurt?" And then. Well, no, Moody but was just kicking what ass. happened in that game, Sean, is they were down by like 25 and then Moody and Bielitsa and Kaminga, they, he like emptied the bench at the end of the third quarter and then they went on like a 20 and two run and almost came back. No, no, no. This is this is the game where Moody just closed the game in the fourth quarter oh, and they right. won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. Sorry. God. I mean, I'll be reviewing all the game footage today because uh, I'm probably going to nap a lot on the couch while sort of watching it. It sounds it's going to be delightful. <laughs> um, so Andre Iguodala is back, apparently. He's practicing today. Okay. He's um, going to guard Jason Tatum. How are we feeling about uh, Andre Iguodala not playing for two months and now he's playing in the NBA Finals? <laughs> I feel a little nervous about it. Yeah. I kind of just want to roll with uh, Moody. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think his experience will definitely be helpful, though. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, rookies. Right. Like, they'll probably be really nervous. I think people also can freak out in the finals a little more than they freak out at other levels of the playoffs, just because I think it is actually weirder. Mm-hmm. Well, like there's, there's so much more... they get two games off between every game, two days off between every game. So that's all so that means... to overthink about. Yeah. So that means Andre should be able to play game one and game four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, even, like, Kuminga, like, he plays amazing in, like, garbage time, mm-hmm. I think, because, like, there's no pressure. Yeah. But, like, when he's starting, it's, like, you can tell he, like, questions all of his passes and shots. Well, I actually think that is more a... um I don't think my theory on that is it's not actually the moment it's he's so afraid to screw up because he knows he'll get benched and then not play the rest of the game that he doesn't Mm -hmm. play as free. Um, That's my theory on that, on why Kaminga sucks uh, (laughs) when they when they start him. Um, Because when they play him off the bench, they forget to a lot of times Uh play him off the bench. But a lot of times when he comes off the bench, he's really good because it's like. Mm Guess what? You're going to get four more minutes off the bench next half. Uh, but when he starts, it's like, if you don't do something cool here, you're never seeing the court again for five games. Well, also, <laughs> the, the first game you started, they they said some stat like, I guess they there's a weird thing about NBA history where you get before 1980 and they're not really tracking anything. Mm-hmm. You try to find out like how many shots people blocked, and they're like, "Hey, we forgot about yeah. <laughs> turnovers." So they said it was the young. He was the youngest guy to start a playoff game since at least 1970. Apparently, they don't have like birth <laughs> records before then. And then after watching that, I was like, "Yeah, I guess that's why you wouldn't start a really young 19 year old in the playoffs. Probably there's a smarter option than that. Just." Let him come off the bench in the second quarter when it's a little yeah. more chill. I mean, Kerr has been like experimenting all season, and I think that's just like who he is. But it's like, okay, now let's stop experimenting. Yeah. We already experimented. 
Let's just win, please. Did he start Damian Jones in the NBA Finals, he Joey, did. or was yeah, that a... He did start Damian Jones in the NBA Finals. <laughs> no, it was the Western Conference Finals. Western Conference Finals, so It was Finals, not the okay. NBA Finals. Uh, and he was so bad, uh, he never played a Warrior game again. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a kind of an amazing disparity. I mean, that was kind of what was happening with Kaminga, where they were like, five minutes, he's starting. He's on the bench the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Which again was not he it, nothing what that was happening was really his fault, but it was like it felt like they thought it was his fault, like uh-huh. where it was like no, Draymond's just not playing very hard or valuing the ball, but apparently that's Kaminga's fault against the mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it is definitely Jonathan Kaminga's fault that Draymond turned the ball over five times in three minutes, for sure. <laughs> but also just like, Kavon Looney started 81 yeah. games. 81! <laughs> just, just keep it going. Um. Anyway, I don't expect to see Jonathan Kaminga at all in the finals. Or Moody, probably, because everyone's healthy now. Gary Payton apparently is going to play. Um, yeah, that's your wild. Community assist leader, winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the winner. Yeah, he because it's he, a very sweet story. It is a very sweet story. Uh, I did not know he was. Didn't... I didn't know he was dyslexic until he got the award, though. Yeah, and then Otto is also back. We'll see how long that uh, takes because it seems like. Uh, what they like to do with Otto Porter is uh, play him 40 minutes and then get surprised when his foot starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so do you well, think, think he's, he's... going to come in first? Yeah. Or Iggy? I think we're going to see a lot of Otto and probably a lot of Iggy. I actually, I'm, I will not be surprised at all if Andre Iguodala is closing these games uh, because mm. that's kind of the curse security blanket. And they they sit pool. Yeah, well, they're dead. I don't think pool's gonna play that much at all. Would be my guess. I think they keep just playing him. zone when he's in. Yeah, but with Gary Pay- with Peyton Porter and uh, GP Andre, back, yeah. I think oh, yeah, and yeah. Andre. Sorry, I think we're gonna see like a lot of that like defense lineup. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna be weird. It's going to be a weird finals for sure. Yeah, are you are you scared? I am very scared. Sean is not scared at all. Um I am I am less scared. I do respect the Celtics and I think they're really good. It's just um they seem very injured to me. Mm-hmm. And uh like like I think if Marcus Smart and Robert Williams were healthy, it would be much scarier. But I think uh huh. I mean, they have some rest and Marcus Smart's certainly going to play a lot, but I just I think the Warriors are a little better than people are giving them credit for. And I think they're more flawed than Sean does. And also Mm -hmm. the thing that scares me the most about the Celtics is like just in the Kerr uh, since Steve Kerr has been the coach of the Warriors, the only team in the NBA with a winning record against the Golden State Warriors is the Boston Celtics. And I feel like um the history of watching the Celtics randomly beat the Warriors, even though they're overwhelmingly more talented, uh, kind of fucks me up. Uh, and but we defense... never play that. I mean, playoff basketball is so different, though. Oh, for like... sure. 
Um, I don't think we can judge it based on just the regular season games. Right, but it's also like, if you remember, they just always play so bad against Boston, like, like throughout the seasons. Like, if you remember when they were on that winning streak in 2016, Boston is the one that beat them, and they played pretty poorly. No, uh, they they actually beat Boston and lost the next oh, day no, in Milwaukee. Yeah, because it was an overtime game in Boston. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they almost lost to Boston. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Poole actually played really well against Boston, I think, the last game. Yeah. The, so um, he, we might see him a lot more. Yeah, but... If he continues that. I yeah, just think hopefully. they have more guys. You know what I mean? They got a lot of guys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Boston, not as many guys. Mm-hmm. You look at the end of that Boston bench and uh, it's a lot of white people, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Not traditionally the recipe for success. In fact, the last time uh, Boston won an NBA title, there wasn't a Caucasian who played a single minute. Wow. And this year it's like, ooh, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Nick Stauskas. Hey, like that's a name, lot of first off. It's a lot of, of sunscreen two of the best uh nicknames in the nba um sauce castillo sauce castillo is uh nick stauskas's name and then uh luke cornett is the unicornet because uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he played with when he played with um uh, porzingis porzingis who was the unicorn you got yeah cornet backing him up He's oh, kind of like, he's a unicorn in the same way that we work was a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Emily. We've had two Boston Celtics fans on. Now we have a Warrior fan. And the way we're going to do this is uh, I have an unbiased way for you to pick who's going to be the winner. Because if I just asked you, you'd say the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I want you to answer these questions uh, honestly. Don't try and cheat them so you pick the Warriors. But okay. I have a series of either or questions for you. Okay. Um, Guy Fieri or John Krasinski? Guy Fieri. All right. Warriors up one nothing. All right. Here we go. Tupperware or the jukebox? Uh, Tupperware. Oh, Boston ties it up one one. Okay. All right. Um, popsicles or chocolate chip cookies? Chocolate chip cookies. Ooh, Boston up 2-1. Did you know the chocolate chip cookie was invented in Boston, Sean? No. Did you know the popsicle was invented in San Francisco? That uh, that shocks me. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the chocolate chip cookie in Boston, I'm like, yeah, that, that seems like something. But the po- San Francisco for the popsicle? All right. Uh, the Scarlet... Not hot enough. <laughs> yeah. Why would you cold. need one? Okay. <laughs> All right, so the Celtics are up 2-1. Uh, the Scarlet Letter or the Call of the Wild? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Call of the Wild. All right, 2-2. Two, two. So, so, Joey, can I interrupt for a second yeah. for just a comment on Jack London? So I had to do a report. Uh, we had to do a like a report on a, a, a... Fifth grade, I did a long report on uh, Jack London. And I read this very sanitized biography of Jack London, Mm -hmm. which tried to dance around his severe alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And essentially what they would do is every time that Jack London had like a famous drinking binge, they would talk about how he went out and ate a lot of steak. 
And so I grew up just thinking that Jack London was just like the ultimate man's man carnivore Mm -hmm. that he'd just go on like a steak binge and he'd lose all his money and then he'd have to go to Alaska again Mm -hmm. and like fight dogs. No, he was actually just drunk at the nations. He was drunk at nations. Nations giant hamburgers. Yes. (laughs) Um, All right, Emily. Birth control or the martini? (laughs) Wait, birth control or the martini? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, birth control? Oh, Boston up three to two. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I guess I'm a Celtics fan. Um, Steve Miller band or the Cars? Neither. <laughs> oh, you got, oh, oh, I mean, I have um, another question. I could ask you another question. You know what? In fact, let's do that. Jump around by House of Pain, or you okay. can't touch this by MC Hammer. Uh, you can't touch this. Oh, that's that tied the Warriors tied it up three three. Wow! Right. And finally, crucial. That was seven. like Clay Thompson yeah. in game, game six. There, game seven only has one question. Oh. I only have one option. Do okay. you prefer the first half of the Social Network or the second half of the Social Network? Well, I feel like I know the answer to this one. That's kind of an obvious one. So I'm going second half. All right. Warriors in seven, according Whoa, to Whoa, Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Wow. Wow. Looks like somebody just lit Jalen Brown's scarf on fire. Kicked him out of the company. Um, I'm gonna go eat a bunch of steaks now. All right, yeah. where Emily, where can uh, where can our listeners find you uh, on the internet? Not in real life. That would be creepy. Don't do yeah, that. I mean, um, um, Instagram. Okay. Just, yeah, well, just Instagram. Just search just your name Emily, on Instagram. <laughs> or EmilyComedy.com. Um, oh. Awesome. Any shows for all the plug? links? Uh, by the way, in your face, other fucking comedy Emily's. I know. I'm the only Emily in comedy. <laughs> Any shows you want to plug coming up? Uh, no, thanks. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, we did uh, two Boston Celtics fans made their predictions. Uh, one of them picked the Warriors in six. One of them picked the Celtics in seven. And our Warrior fan friend picked the Warriors in seven. But, Sean, to make it even, I wanted to ask you, a Golden State Warrior fan, yes. to make a prediction. Oh, okay, using great. our our uh, scientific seven-game rubric. <laughs> oh, good point. Okay, yeah. All right. So, Sean, who do you prefer? The Lemonheads or Third Eye Blind? Uh, it's it's the Lemonheads. Oh, the Boston takes Game One. I I <laughs> wish I know I know what I'm doing here, but I have to follow the. Yeah. You have to not lie. Um. All right. Look, Sean. Stephen Jenkins. Uh, you know he. He's done some nice things for some people I know, but uh, he's also done some bad things to some people we know. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's probably that's probably true. Um, Sean, the electric voting machine 
Ooh. Or the slot machine. Oh, the slot machine. San Francisco takes game two, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the electronic voting machine. Don't get me started on those, Joey. <laughs> First of all, they're all owned by Hugo Chavez. He's still alive. Uh, all right, Sean. This one, I, I'm, I'm sorry you had to get this one, but okay. of all of our guests, you're the only one who I felt like was old enough to not answer one way. Okay. Um, cheers versus Full House. Oh, cheers. Yeah, obviously, Man, right? <laughs> Full House is really garbage. I don't know. I mean, I guess people were young, but like, it's really poor. Mm-hmm. All right. There's no tension, you know? Actors. You're never like, is our Michelle and the other Michelle going to finally kiss? That's what you had in t- Cheers. Okay, I don't, I don't know All what right, I'm our saying. Next, no. Our next one is Let's actors just... who suck, but uh, are pretty good at directing. Oh. Clint Eastwood versus Ben Affleck. <laughs> I understand. I have such a soft spot for Affleck, but uh, Clint Eastwood's like actually a really good director. Well, yes, but also he's made some pretty bad movies, too. Well, but I mean, one of them made Unforgiven. The other one did not. Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Uh, and also, even though I don't think it's good, one person delivered the scene where Sean Penn's being held back by 45 cops and going, is that my daughter in there? Do I still have that on the soundboard? <laughs> I do not, luckily, oh, for the sorry. listeners. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> so that's the Warriors tied up 2-2. Uh-huh. Sean. I feel like I need to apologize to Affleck, but he doesn't need my approval. Well, uh, don't worry. Uh, his friend is in this next question. Oh, thank God. Uh, the Departed <laughs> versus Basic Instinct. Oh, um, I love The Departed, Joe. I know, it's really good. I just So I, is Basic Instinct, though. Very basic good Instinct. Way. I just, it makes me uncomfortable to like, like, I just feel, I just feel like, I mean, I know it's a normal movie and I'm an adult, mm-hmm. but like, I just feel like I'd be looking over my shoulder the whole time to see if someone's parents are coming home if I ever watched. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine having it in my Netflix history. I did meet somebody in Cutter that had dated Sharon Stone and actually oh, dumped was her. Phil Rothstein? Was he bitten? Was his toe bitten off by a Komodo dragon? It was it was it was a different <laughs> journalist who uh, got into a big fight with her and left her in Fiji uh, after a breakup the night before her 47th birthday. Well, that's a crazy story. Uh, Boston <laughs> up three to two. And Sean, uh, shitty bands. No. Guster. Versus Train. Oh, Train. I don't I don't care for Guster. I mean, Train's ridiculous, but I don't really have an issue with Train. And look, they kept Barry Zito off the pitching mound a couple times, mm-hmm. and that was that was good. I gotta say, yeah, hey soul sister, come on home. <laughs> All right, and then finally, Sean. I'm glad it came down to game seven because it's my favorite question. It's one of my favorite uh-huh. questions I've ever thought of for this uh-huh. podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you prefer the first half of the social network or the second half of the social network? Uh, you know, you know what I got to say? I like watching Justin Timberlake flinch mm-hmm. when a guy tries to punch him. Yep. 
That's so I'm I'm going second half of the social network, baby. I will say the first half it's you're basically coming down to do you like the Winkleboss twins or do you like uh Andrew Garfield going Mark? That's really yeah. what the question is, right? I love <laughs> I have to say I love Andrew Garfield and it's it's always Andrew Garfield has, I think, maybe the best American accent of any British actor. Okay. <laughs> like, I think it's really, it's like the opposite of Benedict Cumberbatch, who, when he's trying to be American, the only way he can talk is like this. I I would agree with you if Bob Hoskins did not exist, but Bob. Oh Hoskins yeah, I didn't even know. I sort of forgot Bob Hoskins was <laughs> British when I said that, because I don't have any culture, and so I thought of him as Roger Rabbit's friend. <laughs> Robert Rabbit's American friend Eddie. Um. Well, Sean, Warriors and Seven is your choice. That's right. Um, what Joey? What's your actual prediction for the series? I guess it doesn't matter. The, I the honestly mechanics. think it's Warriors and Seven. I think uh, I, I'm real scared of the Celtics. Um, I mean, I, we sort of alluded to it with Emily. Oh yeah, I guess we, I guess we have already talked about that in the, the parts we already recorded that I've yeah, yeah. forgotten because I <laughs> still feel like it's. I guess in my brain, it's 11 p.m. in Nepal right now. Um. Um, also, like, they're on a 45 time zone, Joey. That's really confusing. But yeah, a I 45. I, like a brim full of Asha. Um, okay. I think that um, the way the Celtics looked against the Heat is similar to how the Celtics looked against the, I mean, the Warriors looked against the Grizzlies, where it was just a specifically bad matchup and the team is much better than people think going into it i know they're hurt yeah yeah but also like i think the extra days off are going to be really helpful more weirdly more helpful to them than the injured than the old warriors uh-huh. um and uh i think there's going to be a few games where boston wins by like 17 because their defense is just overwhelming and um uh the warriors throw the ball around a lot but i do think in the end Game seven of the finals is going to be it's all about crunch time. And uh, one of those teams I watched really almost lose several games in crunch time while the <laughs> almost other team impossibly has won cha- NBA championships. Um, but I think it's a really good matchup. I am a lot more scared of the Celtics than I think most Warriors fans are. Um, yeah, that's probably right. I mean, I, I also the, the Celtics are the best team in the East. Look, yeah, they I beat. Mean, they were the best team in the NBA from January on. Um, I agree. Just uh, Draymond Green didn't play for many sure. of those spots, but I agree. They have uh, their their defensive strength matches poorly with the Warriors' uh, offensive weakness. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, but now it's it's it seems improbable to expect or even hope for this. But if the Warriors can manage to not jackass around mm-hmm. and throw passes, even if their turnovers just go out of bounds mm-hmm. and they can they can turn, you know, five of their live ball turnovers into dead ball turnovers, like Draymond can just crash into someone instead of throwing it the other way for a fast break. 
uh, I think Boston is going to have a lot of trouble scoring on the Warriors. Yeah, that's where I actually a little bit disagree. I just think the Warriors' strategy defensively in these games have been uh, leave these two got leave the two shitty shooters open for corner threes and um, Derek White while shooting like. 28% from three on the year is a career 35% three-point shooter. And well, he, he, his wife just had a baby, Joey. He's like Smart, a 60% three-point right. shooter now. And Marcus Smart is a 32% three-point shooter, and I just think there's going to be some games where uh, Bob Fitzgerald's voice is going to be ringing in our heads about oh, how God. is Derek White shooting seven for seven from three? Yeah. And it's just because they keep leaving the strong side to help Clay Thompson on Jalen Brown. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with those points. I just uh, think if you look at the rosters, uh, the Warriors have a lot more good players. I agreed. Um, and like, Anyway, that, that's kind of where I'm at, is that, like, when Andrew Wiggins is your fourth or fifth best player, uh, that's a that's I mean, a, Sean, a nice situation to be in. Paul, but he was he was their second best player in yeah. the last series. And Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney is maybe their best player now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he should have won that Magic Johnson Award that everybody knew existed. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what made me uh, the most confident, though. What? Jason Tatum texting Kobe's number <laughs> and publishing it, and realizing there was no conversation history mm-hmm. there either. It was kind of like when LeBron was like, "Yeah, Kobe and I were great friends. We just couldn't find a way to hang out after I got to LA." And it was like, "You signed there a year and a half before he died." <laughs> like, uh, great friend of mine. Mom Here's forever. what I wish had happened to Jason Tatum when he texted uh-huh. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know Rob Polanka has Kobe's phone, right? He's got to. Oh, I wish right. Rob Polanka had responded and be like, hey, I'm up here with Heath Ledger. And we, just uh-huh. want to know we just wanted to tell you we're both proud of you. <laughs> um. Like, it's just it's just weird. Like, I don't think I don't think you should be rewarded for trying to use the occult. To motivate yourself that's he's trying to summon a ghost and i i don't think that's right um, i don't think people in boston should say that's right it's a religious town uh, seances say, are the work of the devil i do think it's very funny that this is the finals between the teams kevin durant and kyrie irving left to play for the nets uncle Eric- drew's being benched <laughs> um <laughs> uh joey uh jalen brown also signed with kanye west's Mm-hmm. Uh, sports agency, Donda Sports. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jalen Brown. Does that mean Kanye's going to be a, Davidson? Yeah, he's going to kill Pete Davidson. <laughs> Will that get him? And is that a flagrant two? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll. I guess we'll find out. Um, it would be great if he did, like. Oh man! Imagine they do. I'm. I'm. You know what? I started to. I was going to say something about Saturday Night Live, and I'm not going to. Yeah, don't do that. Our friends work there now. Um, <laughs> all <true>. right. Uh, <laughs> I also the- didn't really know what I was going to say about Saturday Night Live, so let me let me just make it clear that I wasn't backing off saying anything specific. I was also <laughs> excusing myself from making up a joke in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I should also say 
Um, Gary, uh, Gary Payton too. Congratulations on winning the uh, Community Assist Award. And Bob congrats Lanier. from Dunked On Again on your nuptials. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on that. Okay, I should have known it was coming. It. It's um, the greatest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Sean, I think that's our episode. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Perhaps a show with Shang Wang at the San Francisco Punchline. Yeah, um, come see Shang. The Wednesday show next week is sold out, actually. It's because I've been plugging it while you've been gone. That's true. Uh, there's actually a secondary market for Shang Wang tickets, which rules. They're 1859 um, <laughs> the average ticket price. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Joe Lacob is thrilled for Shang. Uh, there's still tickets left for the late Thursday show, which is at 1030 uh, I'll also be at the Sunday Showcase on June 5th, and I think I'm there on June 7th. I'm booked for that, but the internet says maybe I'm not booked for that day. So let's, we'll find out. Let's ride. Um, right. <laughs> oh, Eric Gordon. Playing, I don't know why I'm just playing all of our drops today. Why not? Uh, it's the finals, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um... As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where four days ago I tweeted, Zillow needs to add a comment feature so I can let the owners of their homes know that they are out of their mind uh, out of their minds thinking their houses are worth these prices. He's been he's been on TV for uh, race coverage recently. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and by that we mean race war coverage. All yeah. right, um, Sean, did you write a song? I did write a song. It's not really related to basketball, but it's uh, it was the song that was blasting in the JFK. Ter- it's based on the song that was blasting in the JFK terminal when I was watching Game Four of Memphis Golden State on a tiny uh, iPad, and it's about my favorite town I visited in Nepal. Uh, it's called Namche Bazaar. Great. Um, and I should say, <laughs> before we start listening to that, um, Sean, do you know how insane... This show was so insane while you were gone. I'm glad you're back because it's a normal podcast again. But uh, last week I made a mistake and accidentally started playing your song in the middle of the episode. Oh. And people... Uh, were so confused by my heavy editing skills that they thought it was a joke and were not <laughs> sure if it was a mistake that a song started playing at full volume <laughs> in the middle of me and James Fritz talking. Um, that is how insane the episode before is. I'm very happy to hear back. <laughs> what, so- what song? I can't remember what song. Was it Oberkfell? It was Oberkfell, yeah. Um, That's one of the stupidest I've ever made, for sure. And- but I, I recorded that a couple hours before I flew to New York. But yeah, we start talking about Andrew Wiggins, and then Oberkfell starts playing over us. Um, anyway, my mistake for that, uh, <laughs> that happened to you last week. Uh, redownload the episode, and you can hear that section of conversation. <laughs> I fixed it like three hours after it went up. I don't even know how it happened, that the song was just in the middle of the episode. Uh, it's a pretty embarrassing mistake, and I apologize. Um, all right, anyway. That's also very funny. Sean, your new episode, your new song is playing right now. Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Isn't it weird Boston invented the microwave? (laughs) 
went auto up to Lukla. It was a cousin plane trekking up from Monjo in the cold, cold rain. Suddenly a yak charges at us from behind. Kerosene is on his back, his bells are ringing wild. The guy shoots up the yak and I ask him, are we there? He says, sure we are. After two more hours of stairs, Nam Che Bazaar. Nam Che Bazaar, Nam Che Bazaar. There's a giant trading market every week on Saturday. Did you know Nepal had 113 holidays? The village full of dogs, no Wallace, just grommets. Then I tried to acclimate and I threw up my omelet. Nam Che Bazaar. Nam Che Bazaar, Nam Che Bazaar. Oh, Nepalis. Oh, Nepalis. Your toilets can be appalling. It can be appalling. Every time I look around, there's a dog running around. There's a dog running around. Silent kids all over town. This place is great. Yeti Mountain Lodge, it's Dumbart again for lunch. Then suddenly our cups are full of Nepali rum punch. Election party going, the Marxists won again. I learned the word for comrade, but I still can't say friend. Shout out to Tenzik Norgay at the Big Sherpa Museum. Hot shower, electric blanket, our room was like a dream. We headed for Dingbuche when the dawn was at a crack. You wanna know the rest? Hey! Rent a yak, Nam Che Bazaar. Nam Che Bazaar, Nam Che Bazaar. Oh, Nepalis. Oh, Nepalis. I wish this route had more trolleys. Shit had more trolleys. Every time I walk around, my lefty makes a clicking sound. My lefty makes a clicking sound. Your stomach is much less round. Need a back brace. Shout out to all the Sherpas. My God, Renji. The other guy at the song. And the 75-year-old Sherpa woman taking a giant load of boxes of cheese puffs up a hill at top speed while chain-smoking cigarettes. Oh, Nepalis. Oh, Nepalis. Climbing Everest is a folly. Everest is a folly. All those rocks look mighty damp. I'm glad we're stopping at base camp. We're stopping at base camp. I think it's worse than a tramp. It's a disgrace. Oh, Nepalis. Oh, Nepalis. Your toilets can be appalling. Can be appalling. Every time I look around. There's a dog running around. There's a dog running around. Smiling kids all over town. This place is great. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.